Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. The following is a presentation of Podcast One. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Eric Bowling and Brett Favre on everything from politics and sports to business and culture. This year has been insane. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off and quit. That man right there, number four, Brett Favre. First NFL completion, and it's to himself. It's big time and prime time. That's why Brett Favre is Brett Favre. Now it's Bowling with Favre. All right, here we go. Bowling with Favre, show 10, April 6, 2021. So... Brett, we've gotten a ton of reviews and uh, a ton of uh, ratings and reviews on, on Apple. Spotify doesn't do the Apple review in the, uh, the way Apple does, but they were, we were there too. But the, on Apple, we're giving away a signed and autographed Brett Favre jersey. Time's running out because to the most creative, cool review written, we're going to give the, the jersey. And we'll read a couple of them in the next couple of weeks, maybe next week or so. But I've been reading them. There's some really funny stuff on there, Brett. They love you. You're you're a huge fan. You got huge huge uh, audience out there who are jonesing for the Brett Favre jersey. So write a cool review and in the most creative one or two, we're going to feature them here, and then also a jersey will be sent out to the one we that we pick. So, man, the, you, you get on there. Have you read any of those, Brett? No. You know, it's it's like my dad told me a long time ago. If you're willing to read the good press clippings, you got to be willing to read the bad. All right. Well, I highly recommend you read these because they're pretty much across the board, real positive, especially for you, my friend. So so the big story of the day, the week, maybe even the month, maybe in the summer is this Major League Baseball pulling out of it, uh, Atlantic, Cobb County, Atlanta and Georgia because of the, the new voting laws there um, and, and moving it elsewhere. It looks like it could be into Colorado. We're going to talk all about that. So don't go away. We have Andrew Clavin on. He's a best-selling international, best-selling crime novel author. He's got a big podcast on the Daily Wire as well. He's going to weigh in on that. And Brett and I will give us our give you our our two cents on all that stuff. So don't go away with that. But 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 buddy, um, I was watching Jeopardy, and I know we've been talking about this for a while. And uh, one of your friends, one of your colleagues. Aaron Rodgers is hosting Jeopardy. Um, get you way in on it. Let's hear a couple of pieces of audio from that. Your thoughts? I think he's is a great choice. I mean, he, he he's sharp. Uh, he, he's he's smart. He's well spoken. Um, I think he's a perfect fit for it. All right, Rob, roll roll that first bite, Aaron Rodgers in Jeopardy. Here is the guest host of Jeopardy. Roger. Thank you, Johnny Gilbert. Welcome to Jeopardy. As a lifelong fan of Jeopardy, it is an incredible honor to guest host. Now, I've had the opportunity to do a lot of amazing things, but winning Celebrity Jeopardy and getting to share the stage with the legend Alex Trebek is something I will never forget. Alex was such a gentleman, so smart, so precise. I was in awe, and I will work hard to honor his legacy. You know, and he, uh, Aaron, won Celebrity Jeopardy. Won, he, he actually won, if I'm not mistaken, right, Rob? He oh, won, he did. He smoked everybody. <laughs> he beat everybody. Um, do you also have that that little bit at the end when, when the final Jeopardy, when the guy was obviously going to lose and he knew it and he had a little fun with, with Rogers? Do we have that by chance? Scott, did you come up with the correct response? Who wanted to kick that field goal? <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
That is a great question. Should be, should be, should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this, uh, this game today, that's incorrect, and you're going to lose zero. So clearly the guy didn't know the answer there. Yeah, he, <laughs> but he took the opportunity to have a little fun with, uh, with Aaron. So uh, I've, I've been watching this, the, the Jeopardy fill-ins. Aaron, he did a good job, Brett. Yeah, yeah, not surprised. Um, I mean, I, Aaron, I, I, I don't think I could do it nearly as, as good as he, uh, nor did I, would I want to. But I think Aaron, um, I could see him doing it after he retires, something uh, along those lines. Yeah, you know, he was pretty good. I, I listen, straight, straight shooter here. Not going to blow any smoke up anyone's skirt or not, but he was okay. I mean, I thought it was fascinating to see a you know an NFL quarterback in in the hosting seat. I, I don't think he crushed it. Um, I watched Katie Kirk do a good job. You know, who did a really good job. I didn't like the the all time winner. Um, can't remember his name, Rob. What do you remember his name? Oh, Ken Jennings. Ken Jennings. I didn't like him. He's the he's the odds on favorite to take over. I like the the executive producer who had to step in because someone got COVID and he did a two week stint. I thought he was, he was the best of all of them. He was, he had composure. He's funny. He knew the, the rhythm of the show. I, I thought that guy was, that guy was great. And then Dr. Oz last two weeks prior to Aaron taking over did okay, but people just, just crushed them. The former, former contestants, winners, petition to get him pulled off Jeopardy. I mean, everything's so political now. Yeah, I thought Dr. Oz did a, uh, did a really good job. I didn't see all the celebrity hosts, but I, 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 I thought Oz did a, a really good job. I think you got Anderson Cooper coming out. I think Oz will come on. I've known him that guy a long time. Let's see. Let's see. But how about this one, Rob? Can we can we take a little listen to Charles <laughs> Charles Barkley? The, the the what they call he, look Sir Charles. I get they used to call him in, uh, on the NBA court as the round mound of sound. He always had some trash talking to do. Take a listen to what he says. He's never never one to hold back. Take a listen. Man, I think most white people and black people are great people. I really believe that in my heart. But I think our system is set up where our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, are designed to make us not like each other so they can keep their grasp of money and power. They divide and conquer. I truly believe in my heart most white people and black people are awesome people. But we're so stupid following our politicians, whether they're Republicans or Democrats. And their only job is, hey, let's make these people not like each other. We don't live in their neighborhoods. We all got money. Let's make the whites and blacks not like, like each other. Let's make rich people and poor people not like each other. Uh, let's, let's scramble the middle class. I truly believe that in my heart. Brett, Charles Barkley just dropped a tr- truth bomb on the country, I think. Yeah. I, I, I find a hard time disagreeing with, with his comments. Um, I mean, it sure seems that way. Um, and, and I think we all can agree. Yeah. There's, I think there's the vast good majority. people. There's good white people. There's bad black people. There's bad white people. There's, there's bad Hispanics, Asians. There's, there's really good uh, Hispanic and Asians. Um, but, the, but career politicians, um, I, I, you know, I think that they're, they're, it, it seems, uh, 
not in touch with reality. But you know what, though, Brad, I don't don't even think it's that. I I think the vast majority of Americans are not racist. We all believe exactly what Charles Barkley said. I agree. Right, right, right. But but my point being, there is a fringe on both sides, which is what you said. There's a fringe on both sides. But these politicians and media complicit realize that the the way you get more energy with your backers, your base, is by – blowing everything up. We're yeah, great. The They're pot. all bad. So you have to back me or you have to watch my network or you have to vote for me because I make sure the bad people who are trying to get you don't get you. So there it's, it's, it's an old divide and conquer. It's an old theory. It's old theory of war, divide and conquer. And that's what these jerks are doing. Unfortunately, we're, we're, we're paying them to do it. We're, we're exacerbating this this racism that that is probably only a little bit in the country. Um, I don't think it's generally a racist country. Maybe it's a little, but it's, we should absolutely admit it's there. But what they're doing is they're making it seem like it's everywhere. Yeah, uh, that is rampant uh, in, in America. Um, maybe at one time it was, um, but uh, you know, I, I love Charles. He always speaks his mind. Um, <laughs> You know, really from his heart and his guts, what really what he he speaks from, and uh, you have to to admire a guy like that because he doesn't really care what people think about him. Uh, he just tells you like it is, and sometimes it hurts. Um, the truth hurts, as they say. Yeah, truth, truth, truth bomb by Charles Barkley. Uh, you know, a friend of mine off the beaten path, a little friend of mine, John, told me he was playing golf in, in I think it was Shadow Creek in, in Vegas, which is a very, very difficult golf course to get on. You just have to know people. But in front of him, there's a foursome. It was Tiger Woods, Charles Barkley, Ray Romano, and Kevin James. And he said there was so much laughter going on there that you, you know, the, every, every time they kind of catch up to him, there'd be, everyone's laughing, but he said, Charles wanted to bet on everything. Like every single shot. Do you ever play golf with Charles by chance? No, I have not. He said, my friend John said every single, he would bet on everything. How far his drive was going to be, how far, how far he's going to leave that next putt. Every, the, the, you know, the, the direction of the wind on the next and all he wanted to do was bet, but what a great foursome to be yeah. involved. Can you imagine how much fun that one would be? Yeah, I wouldn't mind playing golf with him, not so much for the from the golf perspective, but just from the the laughter. Uh, I mean, how could you not enjoy uh, playing with Charles? Imagine you know, I don't Charles- think you're going to get any golf tips. <laughs> you get some truth tips. Not some, you get the golf tips from from Tiger. You get some. You know, truth tips from Charles, and you certainly get a lot, a lot of laughs from Ray Romano and uh, and Kevin James. James. Absolutely, yeah, that'd be a fun foursome to play. To, to, to I'd draw the cart for that, those foursomes. Um, Vladimir Putin passed the law in Russia that allow him to be president for another twenty. Uh, what twenty years, Rob? Is that what his third? Not, to, I think so. He's like twenty thirty six or something. Like twenty thirty six, another fifteen sixteen years, and he's already been. President for 20 years. And we uh, should act surprised. And no, we shouldn't act surprised. But, uh, you know, I, I, again, we, 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 we have these companies going ab- absolutely 
ape shit over our voting laws. And these are places where, you know, think about all the dictatorships in, in, in the world. You look at Putin, who's going to be there until he wants to leave, or the, the Castros will, will be in Cuba until they want to leave, or, or Kim, the, the Uns, the Kim Jong-Uns and Ills, or the Jungs in, in North Korea. That's where we should be worrying about voting atrocities, and it's not, not freaking state of Georgia. Yeah. Um, you know, whether or not Russians can vote, uh, it really doesn't matter because well, one vote you remember, counts. Rob, you remember that he they they do the they, they, they ex- exhibition hockey game every year and he scores like sixty goals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, here's my favorite story from the Putin thing this week was that he was also named yes. Russia's sexiest man. Sexiest man, of course he was. <laughs> of course. I, I, I wonder who voted on that. I think him. Exactly. <laughs> it was unanimous because if you vote against it, you end up over one of the bridges. Yeah, absolutely. The river, <laughs> the Russian river. Um, what else we got here? We have some audio of, oh, God, Rob, what is this? An MMA fighter you, loses a finger? Did you see it? No, I didn't see it. Brett, I mean, did I, you see the story about the MMA fighter who lost his no, finger? No, I did not. Uh, I, I read it in our notes. But. Oh, my God, it's terrifying. Well, the, the announcers really couldn't believe what was going on. Oh, my God. What? What am I seeing here? Where is his finger? Is his finger gone? <laughs> when they couldn't find it. He lost his finger in the middle of a match, and they couldn't find it. Oh, God. Did they eventually find it? It was in his glove. His finger was detached, and it came Uh, off in his glove, and he didn't know he was still fighting. So what what happened when Tyson uh, bit off Holyfield's ear? What did he do with it? I think he just spit it out. Right. (laughs) Not like he put it on a chain around his neck or anything. They never attached it, though, Brett. What's up with that? Hey, if you, if, if, if you can't punch him to death, just chew off an ear. Chew off an ear. Well, the worst is if you see Evander to this day, he still has a giant chunk of his ear missing. He does. Still to this day. Brett, let's, this 17-game season, man, this, this came out last week, and we, we, we kind of got caught up with Ted Nugent, didn't get a chance to talk about it. But, you know, this is a big deal for players, right? You add in the game. Tell us about it. I wish they would have done this when I was playing. And, and there's a couple reasons why. And, and this is only my, uh, you know, my, my thinking. I love to play. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to play games that counted. So if you – I don't know what they're going to do in regards to preseason, but I want I, – I, I didn't particularly like preseason games because you play – if you play, you play a series, maybe three plays, maybe six plays, and you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to assume that they're going to subtract a game, if not two, from preseason and now add this other regular season game. All right, can, can, I, can I jump in here real quick? Sure. I'm better. I bet like insane numbers during the NFL season. Um, and one of the one of the things you look at is that that bye week. You know who's going to get healthy. You know, and the, he, I'm talking to. I'm we're on a I'm on a podcast with a guy who won 297 consecutive games starts. So it wasn't an issue for him. But football is different now. So if teams are banged up, you look for that bye week to see when they're coming off the bye week who they're playing. They're I don't know, Brett, that bye week matters, no? They might pull that. Um, I, 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 I find it hard to believe they'll pull a bye week. I hated bye week because it, it meant I wasn't playing. Um, you know, maybe I was cut from a different cloth, but um, 
I, I just love the play. And yeah. Uh, yeah. adding the, an extra week, eliminating a bye week, I would have been uh, gung-ho for it. Man, because you're going to – Owners, you, coaches, players are going to bellyache that we need the bye week. And, and you know, I – I can see their their point, uh, but uh, really, the game today is about statistics. It's it, it and it's def- It's not defensive minded anymore. It's offense. It's about how many points, how electric. We we need to capture capture the audience, and and how do you do that? No one wants to see. You know the 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 stall offense. What was it, Princeton? Mm-hmm. And, the, the, you know, the, uh, yeah, they win forty eight forty six. You know against Michigan. People want to see the five slam jamma in, in right. all sports. They want to see home runs. They want to see slam dunks. They want to see the three point shot. Football. They want to see five hundred yards passing, five mm-hmm. touchdowns, and who cares about the defense? And so that's that's how it's driven right now. Yeah. And it, you know, as a former player, it, I didn't particularly like to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they were in their prime. But I, I miss that. You know, grinding one out, winning ten to nine, or or, or seven to six. Um, but the but the league is not going to. You know, they're going to steer that. Uh, towards 50 to 48. Mm-hmm. You know what? Maybe that just iced it for anyone else that wanted to do an undefeated, go for, go to win it, take the Dolphins off their 1972. Yeah, I, I assume the Dolphins, season. those guys are. They're, they're celebrating, right? Yeah, they're celebrating because. They were, they're 14 and 0, and the season went to 16 games. It, you know, they, there are a couple of 15 and 1 teams a couple of years and no one ever got to, to undefeat. And now to go 17 and zero, it doesn't look, doesn't look plausible now. No, no. I, it, it just got one game more difficult. As guys, we're notorious for putting off our own health and going to the doctor, right? Especially when it's about sensitive subjects. So that's where our friends at Rex MD make it simple. Rex MD makes getting prescription ED medications easy, all done online and from the comfort of your own home, then delivered. No office visits, no talking to receptionists. Super simple. Yeah, guys, you don't have to be embarrassed. Sample packs of ED medications are available for listeners of Bowling with Far. And we'll tell you how to get those in just a second. It's simpler than ever to get started. You fill out a quick medical questionnaire on their website and a doctor reviews your situation and prescribes you the ED medication you need. Then your medication is shipped directly to your door with free two-day shipping. They carry all of the most popular medications at great prices. It's fast, transparent, and affordable, and you can access your Rex MD physician anytime you need afterwards. Guys, this is a game changer. Half of all men experience ED after the age of 40. It's way more common than I ever realized. 
and it's worth it to check it out. All right. It's never been easier to take control of your health. Those sample pack prescriptions we mentioned are available at rexmd.com slash farv. So go to rex, R-E-X-M-D.com slash farv to get started with rexmd, rexmd.com slash farv. All right. All right. Let's do this. Can we bring it? Let's bring in uh, Andrew Clavin, a world renowned bestselling author uh, of, of uh, I guess, novels and, and, and other, and also a very big podcaster with the Daily Wire. Andrew Clavin is going to join us now. Okay. Let's bring in Andrew Clavin right now, one of the very successful podcasters. Uh, Andrew, you know, there's the, the story today. Now, we just did your podcast and you're coming on to our podcast. And, you know, I, I believe the, the story across cable news right now, maybe even broadcast news right now, is this big issue that Major League Baseball has brought upon themselves by pulling the 2021 All-Star Game out of the Atlanta Stadium in Cobb County, Georgia, because of the, the new voting rights law that the state of Georgia has passed. And it looks like they're going to move it into Denver, Colorado, Core Stadium in Denver. So a whole lot of things going on there. I know you're a sports fan just because of the time we just spent with you. But what are your thoughts? We're going to get into our thoughts on, on MLB and some of the other moves. But what are your thoughts on what uh, Commissioner Manfred has done to, to the sport and, and basically to his own reputation? Well, I think it's nuts, but I think it's part of a larger picture. We're going through a what I would call a moral panic right now uh, centered on race. I think a lot of it is ginned up by the media and a lot of it is ginned up by politicians who live on our separations. They live on our divisions and they they feel if they can divide us, they can build a coalition to win uh, more power, uh, more power for the government, more power for their party. In this case, I think the Democrat Party. And so this this moral panic is sweeping through the corporate world, through the media world and through the political world. And I think that Major League Baseball just fell right in with it. What they did made no sense. They took the game out of a town with uh, fewer uh, African-Americans and moved it, uh, it, it with more African-Americans and moved it to a town with fewer African-Americans. The voting, yeah, 50 50 uh, percent in, in Cobb County and or Atlanta, Georgia, uh, African-American uh, representation, citizenship there versus about 9.7% in, in Denver and Coors Field. You know, on top of it, again, MLB, BLM, Black Lives Matter, which is really the basis <laughs> for this because the, the Black Lives Matter movement uh, is is pushing for, for, I guess, easier access to the voting booth. And that's what this was all about in Georgia. Uh, the African-Americans believe they're they're being targeted by the state of Georgia, by Kemp, the, the, the governor there, um, by making it more difficult for African-Americans to vote. And so they're 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 pissed off. Players said they're pissed off. And MLB said, well, we're out of there. But then they put it into they took one hundred million dollars of revenue, Andrew, and took it out of Cobb County in Atlanta and, and stuck it right into Denver, Colorado, which has, uh, by some indications, voter ID laws, more stringent voter Oh, uh, they're far more stringent than, than in, yeah. in in Georgia. Go ahead. No, they're far more stringent than even what Georgia wants to bring in. And we all know, look, we all know that during the pandemic, a lot of the restrictions on voting uh, went by the boards. A lot of a lot more opportunity uh, for fraud was out there. And these are not these are just sensible reforms that you have to make to make sure our elections are unquestioning. It's it's not a good thing when either side, when either half of the country thinks they've been cheated out of their vote. So it is a good thing to make voting more secure. And it's not a question of making it more difficult to question having, you know, to require having an ID for things. You have to have an ID to do almost anything in this country. You should have to have an ID to vote. 
It's absurd. But again, it's part of this move to demonize and silence half the country and to use a sort of idea of moral that somehow we're in a, a terrible time of uh, racial relations, which simply isn't true. I mean, race relations and race freedom in this country is greater than it's ever been and greater than any place else. One of the things about this is, Eric, you know, I lived out of this country for seven years. America is the least racist country on earth. And I will say that anytime, anywhere, anybody asks me, America is the least racist country on earth. We all have problems. There's always tribalism in the human heart. We all have sinful human hearts and all of that. But America has been a country that has truly evolved. And one of the things that I, I just find that really hurts me is when I hear commentators on the left saying that America has racism in its DNA. Well, DNA determines how you grow. If you're an oak tree, your DNA is going to turn you into an oak tree. This country has gotten freer and freer and better and better and more uh, open and diverse through its history. Its DNA is toward liberty, not toward racism. And I think if we don't, if we can't accept that, then we have nothing to talk about. Then we're so far divided in our vision. Uh, it's going to be very hard for us to find places where we can find common ground. Sports used to be that place. You know, it used to be that place. And I, again, I don't mind people being on the left. I don't mind them being on the right. But I do mind when, for instance, they disrespect the flag, which I think is supposed to unite us both. I do mind when they use sports uh, to support one political side and not the other. This is the problem. And the problem is not that we differ. It's not that we have arguments. It's that we, one side is being demonized and silenced by very, very powerful forces. And, and, and something else, Brett, is, is the hypocrisy that, that happens here. You know? and, and, and Manfred is pulling the all-star game out of, out of the state of Georgia over the Georgia voting laws. But you know, it's been pointed out by Marco Rubio and others that Manfred, the MLB commissioner, Brett, he plays Augusta. He's a member of Augusta National, which happens to be in the state of Georgia in the game, in, in the tournament's coming up. So I, uh, yeah, is 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 we shouldn't Manfred, let him off the hook. Is, 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 <laughs> is, Manfred, is Manfred being hypocritical? And then let me take it one step further. Is CBS being hypocritical by airing some of this stuff? And they're going to go ahead and air the the Augusta. They're going to air the Masters coming up. I think uh, absolutely uh, hypocritical is a, is a, a fair term. Um, you know, uh, I'd like to know what he. If he has responded to to Marco Rubio's comments, um, how he would—I'm sure he's got a legitimate answer. Or are you, you know, sure of that? <laughs> I don't think there is an answer. Where's well, your answer? I, I, I got Gus. I got to give up my membership to to the the much coveted membership uh, of Augusta National Golf Course. I mean, that, that's something that people strive their whole lives to be able to say they 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 have right. Yeah, I, I, agree, I agree with you. Um, look, that's why I think we hold his feet to the fire and get an answer. <laughs> Andrew, I got to tell you, these, these corporate CEOs have become the new most powerful political lobbyists in the country. If it's not MLB's commissioner and, and Delta's CEO, you know, complaining about the Georgia law, it's, it's the, the, the big tech CEOs, the Jack Dorsey at Twitter, Mark Zuckerberg at Facebook and Pinchai at, at, at Google. These guys are creating the new culture. They're political, they're political ad, advocates, activists. You know, this is this to me is the most frightening thing that's happening in the country. Uh, Clarence Thomas, the great jurist, said this uh, just yesterday that yeah. these guys control so much 
information, so much communication in this country that when they start to censor people, it's not like some bookstore saying we're not going to carry a book, which is fine. It is really as if conversation is being shut down. Donald Trump was was the president of the United States. He was supported by 75 million voters. That is basically half the electorate. And he has been uh, cut off every form of social media. If that is not gutting our First Amendment rights, I don't know what is. You know, people forget, people forget that that under communism, the state owns businesses. But under fascism, the businesses remain private, but they do what the state tells them to do. That's what's happening now. Our, our businesses remain private, and so they can make all the money they want, but they are basically doing the bidding of the state. And there's got to be a way to change that because the argument that, well, they're they're free market people, they can do whatever they want, is absurd when they're literally gutting our rights, when they're gutting our First Amendment. One of the issues that you're pointing out is it's called uh, Section 203. It's it's a it's a it's a quirky law that that allows social media to hide behind another again, another firewall of of liability and litigation by saying if something happens on your site that someone posts, in other words, Facebook, Twitter, Google, uh, YouTube are, are all posted sites. So outside user content are posted on their sites. They are saying they're not responsible for the content posted. So they have this firewall of litigation, of liability. Well, that's called Section 203. But when they go ahead and decide what goes on those sites, they they should remove that firewall. And the, the point I'm trying to make here, and it's a long-winded point, but when Hunter Biden, the whole Hunter Biden laptop story broke and the New York Post Broke that story. That was important. New York Post isn't just some guy, some right wing nut job who wants to post something against the Biden family. This is the New York Post, the oldest American newspaper, the oldest newspaper in America. Post that they found out that this laptop story about Hunter Biden is true. Hunter had a laptop and he was dealing some with some Ukrainians and some with some Chinese. Twitter took the story down. Facebook took the story down because they said it wasn't it wasn't legitimate content. Well, when they made that decision on what's legitimate, and what isn't, they removed that that firewall of liability, in my opinion, Andrew uh, and Brett weigh in on this. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts on whether or not these guys should be treated like any other business in the world where they can't decide what's news and what's not. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a complicated issue because we don't want you know, I, I work at the Daily Wire. We don't want people leaving comments on the site uh, that are hateful or racist or anything like that. So we have, have to have some power to control what comes over. But but the minute you have that power, you become a publisher and you are responsible for the things you say. And the thing about uh, Doctrine 230 is that it's it's gives them the power to censor without giving them the responsibility of a publisher. And that's got to go away. That's a creation of government. It has given them, it was there to help them uh, find their footing. They have found their footing. They're extraordinarily powerful. Now they have to be responsible. Either they're like the phone company and we should all be able to talk over them or they're like publishers and they should be able to be sued for their content. And the way it is right now, they're doing, they're neither fish nor fowl. And you're right, Andrew, it's Section 230. I said 203. It's Section 230 of the FCC uh, code. Uh, Brett, you, you know, I, I know this is real political and you, I'm not sure where you want to begin, but you, do you feel that, that that we are being censored now? In the, in, well, in well the we are. Yeah. We, we are. In, in particular, uh, our former president uh, or, or anyone within that camp. Uh, and that's wrong. Uh, you know, I, I, I agree with Andrew. I think there's got to be some level of protection. Uh, uh, 
against racist remarks, hateful remarks, but your point of view, your stance, your belief uh, should be allowed. Uh, by no way, shape or form, should any of us condone hateful comments, actions, racist comments, actions, um, but one's belief or one's, uh, you know, ideas, you can't censor that. Are, are you, you surprised, Brad, are you surprised that athletes are now becoming, you know, basically mainstream political talkers, activists. I mean, I, I remember they were the people we would be playing sports and the last thing in the world in our mind was what's the voting law in Georgia. Right. And what, what's going on here? Well, very little sports um, that, you know, that's for certain. Um, and again, and we talked about this on Andrew's podcast, it's, it's a shame because that the average fan turns on the TV set because they want to watch their favorite team play in, in you know, a huge game. Uh, they turn on MLB or, or basketball, whatever, and you throw racism out, out the window. That, that's, that's their time to enjoy the game. Black, white, whoever's playing, doesn't matter. It, it's your team. Yeah. But you're seeing – and then I don't think they show the national anthem anymore, uh, which is probably smart. Um, it, ratings were considerably down at the start of the NFL season, uh, like 20-something percent uh, in, up to week three or four. And I, 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 honestly, I didn't keep up with it after that. It, it may have picked back up. I don't know. I got to believe MLB is struggling with ratings. Mm. Um, and I don't see that getting better. Um you know, I, I, players need to get back to playing. And if you want to help or, or, you know, do something for your cause, go out in the community. S sit with the cops. Sit with uh, the community, black, white, Asian, Hispanic, and talk about it. Don't kneel or stand or or – of our fight with the national anthem because all that's doing is creating more and more turmoil. Go out into the community and and put your feet on the on the ground and and go shake hands and and rally the community that way. Um, that, that's the way you do it. Yeah, and and I guess Andrew, final thought here before we wrap. Uh, you know, on the right, we've never been party to that cancel culture. We never said to boycott everything, but now it looks like they've they've the 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 left-wing cancel culture mob has come after so many people on the right now and so many the businesses are jumping. It's almost to the point where you got to, you know, maybe it's time to order a Jack and Pepsi instead of a Jack and Coke. And I mean, it's <laughs> crazy, but are we there? Is that where we're at now? I, I think, unfortunately, we are. It pains me, too. It's not the way I want to live. It's not the way I want to think. But you can't if you're if you're in a, a, a fight with someone, it's no fair if he gets to pick up a weapon and you don't. And essentially, they are using the power of the of product, the power of economics, uh, the power of, of social media 
to demonize half the country. It cannot be, it cannot be that everything that one half of the country says is right and everything the other half of the country says is wrong. That's just not the way life works. So if we're going to have a conversation, if we're going to come together, we're going to have to argue with each other and we're going to have to negotiate and we're going to have to compromise at times. And that doesn't mean, I'm, I'm like you, Eric, I'm, I'm on the right, I'm a right-wing guy, but I believe that, that my left-wing fellow citizens have something to say and I've got to find a way to live with them. If we can't talk, if we can't uh, basically be in this argument together, we can't get anywhere. And so I think that we've got to use the power of economics and, and the power of social stigma to stop the censorship. That's, that's all I want. All I want is for the censorship to stop and for one side to stop being demonized and the other side to stop running roughshod over everyone who disagrees with them. Till we get to that point, I don't see how we can unify and go forward. All right, that's Andrew Clayman, and I'm Eric Bowling, and that man right over there is the Hall of Fame quarterback, the great Brett Favre. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Coming real, it's the next episode. What about Brett Favre? Follow the show on Twitter for the latest news and links to all our social media channels. Bowling with Favre is executive produced by Ali Brito and Rob Jenners. This has been a presentation of Live by Live's Podcast One.